Welcome, everyone. It's Russ Scalzo, Chronicles of the End Times. Thank you for being with us today as we continue our study in the book of Revelation. Because today we look at chapter 16, and some of the themes that run through uh, chapter 16 are, of course, the plagues that we learned about in chapter 15, and also the unrepented hearts of those in the world. And the other theme is God pouring his vengeance out on the kingdom of the Antichrist. And also, at the end, we'll see that demons are sent out to gather the nations together. So, let's take a look at it and read today from the NIV. It says, Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. The first angel went out and poured out his bowl on the land, and ugly and painful sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. The second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it turned into blood like that of a dead man, and every living thing in the sea died. The third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. Then I heard the angel in charge of the waters say, You are just in these judgments, you who are and who were the Holy One, because you have judged, for they have shed the blood of your saints and the prophets, and you have given them blood to drink as they deserve. And I heard the altar respond, Yes, Lord God Almighty, true and just are your judgments. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and the sun was given power to scorch people with fire. They were seared by the intense heat, and they cursed the name of God, who had control over these plagues. But they refused to repent and glorify him. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom was plunged into darkness. Men gnawed their tongues in agony and cursed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores. But they refused to repent of what they had done. And the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Then I saw three evil spirits that looked like frog that came out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They are spirits of demons, performing miracles and signs, and they go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them for the battle on the great day of God Almighty. So I think the first thing I notice here is we see some parallels between what we're reading and when God delivered the children of Israel from Egypt. A lot of the same plagues that God poured out on Egypt we see here. Now God is pouring them out upon the whole kingdom of the Antichrist. We also notice here that God is not punishing or pouring out his wrath on his children, those who follow him. No, he's pouring out his wrath on those who have thumbed their nose at him and worshiped the Antichrist. God never persecutes his own people. Yes, the world persecutes us, those that are opposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Satan tests us and tries us, but God does not punish us. So here we see the problem that the Antichrist is having, right? The Antichrist promised the world that he would bring peace, that he would bring stability and prosperity, right? It's not by hardship that people are turned away from God. It's through prosperity. Many times when people prosper, they forget about God, they move away from God, and they indulge in all the things that their flesh wants. But when we're persecuted, we seem to draw closer to God. And so here in this case, God is pouring out his wrath on the Antichrist who promised these people all these wonderful things. 
So what's the first thing that happens is ugly sores break out. On who? On the people who took the mark. The second angel pours out his bowl, and it turns the sea to blood, and everything in it dies. So you can only imagine all the seas turning to blood. The stench alone would choke you. And here the world is reeling and rocking. And we're going to look at some of those Old Testament scriptures in the weeks to come. And the third angel poured out his bowl on the river's springs of water. So now the rivers and the springs of water, the water that we drink, became blood. And then we see that an angel was in charge of the waters. It's interesting, right, to see these little insights, these little uh, pieces of Scripture that stick out in our minds. It says, you are just in these judgments. He goes on to say that because of what? Because the people in the Antichrist in his kingdom shed the blood of the saints and prophets. So God's given them blood to drink. They are just blood-hungry people. And so God said, okay, you feel that way? How about I turn all your water to blood? And the fourth angel poured out his bowl, and the sun was given power to scorch the people. And it was so intense that they cursed God, but they still didn't repent. They didn't want God in their lives. God is like messing them up right now. That's the way they look at it. The Antichrist, you know, we worshiped him. This is his kingdom. This is his world now. So get out of it. People say that today, really, in so many words. And the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom was plunged into darkness. That's kind of apropos, don't you think? Here is the prince of darkness, and uh, his kingdom is being plunged into darkness. It was so awful that men gnawed their tongues in agony, and they cursed God again for their pains and their sores. But they refused to repent. So once again, they're saying, there's no way. Just get out of here. Leave us alone. And the sixth angel poured out his bowl in the great river Euphrates. And we see here that the Euphrates dries up and it leaves the pathway open for the kings of the east. Now, the kings of the east are probably China and North Korea, you know, those nations that have denied God for so long and still do. They're going to come down and they're going to want to take over the world. We have to understand that the Antichrist kingdom is not a kingdom of peace and everybody's happy and throwing money up in the air and having parties. The Antichrist kingdom from the very beginning is filled with war, filled with death. You know, this is, he's trying to conquer the earth. He's lying through his teeth. He's making all these promises to people. And in the meantime, he's planning just to take over the world. So here the kings of the East, they're not interested in having him take over the world. There's a battle here for the planet Earth. So they're going to make their move. And so this is what it represents. Basically, God's saying, not only am I drawing up the Euphrates, but it's also symbolic. He's now opening the door and giving his consent, basically. And he's going to allow these kings of the East to come marching down. And now we see something really strange. When the Euphrates dries up to prepare the way for the kings of the East, John sees three evil spirits, unclean spirits. And to him, they look like frogs. And they came out of the mouth of the dragon and the beast and the false prophet. You know, so it came out of Satan himself, the Antichrist, and out of the false prophet. These are the spirits of demons performing miraculous signs. And they go out to the whole world to bring the kings of the earth together for the great day of God Almighty. Not only is God pouring out wrath on the earth and on the kingdom of the Antichrist, but now he's opening the door for all these other nations. They're coming in to battle the Antichrist 
which represents Europe and all the Western nations, included the United States, unfortunately. So the Western world against the Eastern world, and their prize is the whole world. And in the midst of this, the Holy Spirit, again, God's beckoning call. Isn't it amazing? In verse 15, the Spirit says, Behold, I come like a thief. Blessed is he who stays awake and keeps his clothes with him, so that he may not go naked and be shamefully exposed. What are the clothes he's talking about? Talking about the righteousness of Christ. So in the midst of all this, God gives another warning. He's always calling. You know, sometimes we're just not tuned to the right channel. But he's always speaking, and he's always calling, and he's always teaching. We just have to get tuned in, be in a place where we can hear God. So, you know, I'm reading through my NIV version. It's got that paragraph is bolded in red, you know, the words of Jesus. And so it jumps off the page and kind of prophetically. These are the words that he's calling again in the midst of all of this. He wants people to know there's going to be grace for those who want it. So now we see that these spirits go out. They look like frogs and they're going to seduce the nations and convince them that they can defeat the Lord God Almighty. This is what's going to boil down to. Uh, At this point, there's no atheists. There's no agnostics. You know, God is there in full view. He's pouring out his wrath. And the whole world is shaking their fist at God, cursing God. So it's not like, gee, I wonder if this is just an accident, or maybe some planets are getting too close to us, or meteorites, or whatever the case may be, some giant comet coming across the sky. They know this is not an accident. They know it's God just like it was in Egypt. And I believe that's why God paralleled some of these. He's speaking, says, I'm going to do this again, just like I did in Egypt, only it's going to be worse. It's going to be magnified over the whole earth. So these spirits, these demon spirits go out and they convince and lure the nations into battle. And where does he bring them? Verse 16 says, then they gathered the kings together to the place in Hebrew that is called Armageddon. It's the only place in the Bible you'll see it. We talked about the 180 mile stretch between the uh, plains of Megiddo above Nazareth, right on down past Jerusalem to the south by the Negev. So this is where the battle's going to take place. And God is setting it up. He's calling them in. This is the other harvest that the angel talked about. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air. And out of the temple came a loud voice from the throne saying, It is done. Then came flashes of lightning and rumblings of peals of thunder and a severe earthquake. No earthquake like it has ever occurred since man has been on the earth. So tremendous was the quake. The great city split into three parts, and the cities of the nations collapsed. God remembered Babylon the great and gave her a cup filled with the wine of fury of his wrath. Every island fled away, and the mountains could not be found. From the sky, huge hailstones of about a hundred pounds each fell on men, and they cursed God on account of the plague of hail, because the plague was so terrible. So chapter 16 ends with this horrific earthquake, one that has never been seen on the face of the earth, where the major cities are all collapsed, and God is pouring out his wrath, these 100-pound hailstones, can't even imagine, and men are cursing God. And so this happens just prior to his coming. So what we read there, those last four verses, moments before Christ returns on the white horse, bringing the armies of heaven and those who have been faithful to him. So you could say, well, wait a minute now, we got some couple chapters to go here 
Why is this the end? We can see in chapter 17, God talks about the harlot church. He talks about the woman. He talks about her riding the beast. And he explains to who she is and where she's come from. And we're going to look at that in our next broadcast. And then it also talks about the 10 kings who come into power with the Antichrist that Daniel talks about. God's given us this outline, and then he jumps, and the Holy Spirit begins to tell us, well, okay, let me answer a few of these other questions for you. This is what happens. So he begins to fill in some of the blanks in 17 and 18, and then chapter 19 discloses and describes his actual coming. So we're not done yet. So we're going to finish this up, our next podcast, and we're going to be looking at chapter 17 and discuss a little bit more of 16. And we're also going to take a look at the Battle of Armageddon, see what the Old Testament prophets have to say about it. It gives us more of a description and more information to fill out and so we can envision it a little bit better. So until next time, this is Russ Galzo, Chronicles the End Times, saying, keep looking up. The King is coming. 